Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And today, of course, is no exception. I always want to bring you people who will do something to help you get sexier and happier. And my guest today will do that thing. So today I'm talking with Veronica Ark. And Veronica is an international sex and intimacy coach and yoga instructor who focuses on helping women and couples overcome the effects of sexual trauma. So guess what we're talking about today? Sexual trauma. And specifically, we're talking about sexual trauma in women. So Veronica, welcome to Sex and Happiness. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, this is an honor. Thank you. Yeah. You're so welcome. Yeah, yeah. So what... What many of you don't know is Veronica and I know each other. It's not like she's a stranger to me. We work together. We'll talk more about that later. Um, we actually met in Iceland, although we both live in Arizona. <laughs> Isn't that incredible that we like traveled to <laughs> across the globe? Yeah, it's I know. And we were on this. We were on the same flight, only we didn't know we were on the same flight. So then we saw each other in the airport at like the wee hours when our flight landed, and there we both were. In Iceland. I love that. You know what I, I have to just share really quickly. You know something I really loved about that is being able to like just share a meal with you. And it was so cold. And it was so dark outside. And I know we were so tired. <laughs> and just like sitting there, these two, you know, two women just bonding and over like, what are we gonna get? What are the names? What kind of food is this? Are we gonna get caught in the morning? Like what? It was beautiful though. Like I loved it. it so I love that that was our, our introduction to each other. So we did. We had an outstanding time. We ordered, I don't know, I think I ordered some kind of Icelandic fish. Yes. Some other rice dish. It was breakfast. It was really early in the morning. Yeah. And um and it was fabulous. And that's how we got to know each other. So, awesome. Awesome. so here we are about three years. We're about three years later, something like that. And um and and time and uh, energy have brought us closer together, which has been a, a real blessing. So let's talk a little bit about how you got to be who you are. You know, like I know that you're a yoga teacher. You, you, you've done that, but I don't know if that's where you started. I don't you know. I always ask people, you know, did your parents think, you know, when they were bringing you up or did your seventh grade guidance counselor think that you were going to be a sexual trauma healing person? No, I didn't know. I had no idea. So I'm going to like, let's go to even 2006. Mm -hmm. And I wore like button up cardigans, you know, like I, I just, I had this like favorite white button up cardigan that I loved wearing and, and like, you know, um, just, what is it like khaki shorts down to like my knees, you know, it, I was, it was like my dream to drive a minivan and like have my kids, you know, <laughs> like, like, seriously, like, I felt like this was great to have a family, have five beautiful children, to be married. Um, you know, about that time, I was really, like, um, at, a, at an incredible point in my life with my career. I was in banking and finance. And so it was like, 
that felt really good. I was, I felt good about being modest and conservative. And that was like, you know, there was even a point where I thought I'm going to be mayor of my, of my city. You know what? It just felt like I had it all together. You know, I had it all together. (laughs) So no, like this was the furthest thing from my mind. There's no way I would ever say like pussy out loud or, or anything related to sex. I mean, and the, and the thing is, The truth is, is that while I was doing a ton of work, like in the community with regards to um, domestic violence and like, and sexual abuse, I was not ever talking about my own abuse. I was not ever even dealing with my own past. So for me, because I had the resources and because I had a ton of compassion, I would do things like I had a group home. And I also at the same time had a, um, a woman's recovery home. So if women were recovering from drug and alcohol um, or domestic violence, they could come to my home. So I had all these incredible things that were happening. But wait, um, and this wasn't in your home. Was this in your home or were these two no, homes? No, I had other, I had other properties. That okay. Actually, yeah, they were absolutely separate, separate residential properties that I purchased specifically for this purpose and um, had a nonprofit organization. I still have the nonprofit organization, but all of these things to help, you know, ensure that I was providing these services. And in, in many ways, in many ways, I was bypassing my own healing because I wasn't recognizing like why I was doing this in the first place. So it's like, I had all the success. I was doing all these amazing things. And that was like, that's good enough, right? Like this is healing until, until I had a breakdown. Wow. Legit nervous breakdown. And, um, and and the breakdown didn't happen really until like 2009. Um, But it was, it was, it was devastating. It was financially devastating. It was emotionally, psychological, psychologically devastating. But when I look at where I was, this really buttoned up. I mean, it's like, seriously, when I think about like the cardigan and like, <laughs> like I was so <laughs> buttoned up, right? And tight that like, of course I would have a breakdown. But what I realized is that it was a breakthrough. It was really a breakthrough. And it took me some time to be able to see that, but that's mm-hmm. what it was. And um, so, you know, back to your original question about like, did I imagine, did anybody in my life ever imagine that I would be a sex and intimacy coach? No, I don't think so. No. Because that was like something that there was, there was no way for me, there was no way for me to really come to um, terms with like enjoying pleasure out loud or um, expressing pleasure because everything in my life, because of the ways that I was creating unconsciously, I'd created so much repression around sexuality with my relationship with my husband, which was super sexually repressed for over 10 years. And, um, and in many other ways, there was just so much repression around sex. Um, but you had five kids. I have to just say you had five kids. So you, you must've done it a few times. I did it. Like, (laughs) let me tell you, like, this is kind of funny. I have three children that were born in August like August 12th, August 17th and August 18th. And so I said that I, I joked that like the most of the time that we did it was in November around Thanksgiving. So like <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> no, for sure I had sex, for sure I had sex. Um, but it was like so perfunctory. It was mm-hmm. very disconnected. 
So, and, you know, and so I think when, when, you know, for me and my personal experience that it's like, until I was really able to come to terms with and begin to face my own sexual trauma and really start to disassemble that there, there was no freedom for me to experience sexual bliss and pleasure. Yes. Sex felt good to me. Of course it did. But did I know how to ask for when I, what I wanted? No, I, I didn't. I was so quiet. Like I didn't make a peep. You know, even like during sex, just because that's that was my entrainment growing up was yeah. you, you know, being um, and being sexually stimulated through through abuse. Right. Being violated. And even though it feels really good at different times, it feels really good. There's just years and years and years of, of sexual touch and stimulation. I knew not to make a sound. So like I carried all of that even into my adulthood. Don't make a sound. It feels good. Just keep it all inside. So there's no room. There was no room for me to express. There was no room for me to say, um, you know, that the pleasure is acceptable, that pleasure is actually a way to heal and that this is safe and it's okay. Yeah. Well, you, so, I mean, when you're being abused from what I've heard, I've only recently gotten in touch with a flashback. So I'm mm. sure I, I always knew somewhere that something happened to me, but I could never, I could never recall what it was. And um, all the people that could possibly shed light on it are now not alive. So I can't ask anybody, but I was so angry, you know, but what I've been told by other people is that when this is the love that you're getting um, and it's abusive and you, your little self knows that it is, yeah. But your little self also, your body feels good. Right. You're so mixed up. You're so confused that you're traumatized. You're traumatized yeah. because you know that it's inappropriate for someone to touch you like this. Yeah. Yet, it's someone who says they love you. It's someone you are supposed to love. So it's, it, it mixes your brain up. It is so confusing. You know, I, you know, I, I love that we're actually talking about this. And, and um, anytime I'm getting ready for a podcast or any kind of discussion, I'm like, what's really true in what's coming up? And it feels like this is actually a, an important conversation for us to have when it comes to sexual trauma and acknowledging the, um, the pleasure or the sexual stimulation that was experienced during trauma. There's not a lot of space for that, right? Like for a couple of different reasons, because for one, there's, there's, this, there's dissonance because I'm being abused. I'm being taken advantage of. Like in my case, they were, there were people who, who, you know, there was my father and my brothers, right? So these are people who were in my household who are supposed to take care of me and to protect me. So, so because there was like no violence, like no actual physical violence that was right. Happening. No one was holding a gun to your no head. No one was holding a gun to me. You. Right. Nobody's right. holding a gun to me. There's nobody that's beating me up. I'm not being tied up or any of those kinds of things. Right. So, so that kind of is like, well, this is kind of confusing. It feels really good. It's a, it's weird, but you know, there's, there's already, there's something just like you said earlier, your little self knows that something's not right even though everything in the environment seems to kind of be supporting the behavior of what's happening, something just doesn't feel right. Well, then you add in the part, well, hmm, this actually feels kind of good. And, and, and it just does. It's not even like a thought has to necessarily register. I don't remember ever thinking, Oh my God, this feels good. It just, no. did. it just, it was. Looked, 
you have a body, you have skin, it's visceral. It's not, the brain knows like these people love me and they are supposed to love me. They're probably not supposed to love me this way. Right. Somewhere, I don't care if you're an infant, somewhere inside you, you know that this is wrong. But as an animal, which we all are, human beings are animals, as an animal, the physical body responds Absolutely. And, so, and most people don't talk. I saw a TED talk about it, um, but most people aren't. It's shameful. Of course. To talk about the fact that it could have felt good. Yep. And it, someone it, once said to me, I mean, early in my tantra, in my tantra teaching, someone said to me, you know, it's like the fleas. Uh, it's like that comparison of if you put fleas in a jar and there's a lid on the jar, they'll only jump as high as the top of the jar to try and get out. When you take the lid off, they still only jump as high as the lid was. And and if that's love and expression yeah. of love, that's all you know. That's it. And that's all you're going to continue to recreate. That's all that we can reach for within ourselves, outside of ourselves, like whatever it is, exactly, until we start to until we really can start to do the work of unraveling it, which is, which is complex and, and, and delicate and takes time. Um, I, I want to, before I even go into that part, cause I, I think that's important. And I want to share how I was able to get to that point. Yeah. But, you know, this, um, this part about like this entrainment or this, like, it's like this brainwashing that can happen. And it's so super nuanced that it's like, it's hard to pick apart, but when, when you're being abused, at such a young age and it feels good and you know that your caregivers it's like my caregivers they care for me they love me they're nice to me right i'm still being fed there's nothing that seems to be really taken away from me because we don't know what we're losing in this exchange we don't know what we're losing in this exchange quiet exactly the little self doesn't know so so there's this giving up of self without even recognizing that, right? There's this entrainment and this confusion that continues to happen. I remember um, I was probably like uh, 11 or 12, and um, my sister was also being um, sexually abused, and, and she's 10 years older than me. And so at one point we were, we were discussing our abuse, and she said to me, she was like, you know, my, my body betrayed me. And I might have actually, now that I think of it, I might have actually been a little bit younger because I remember, I remember her clearly stating that to me. My body betrayed me because what she was expressing is that it felt good to her and I could relate to that. So then it, immediately I thought, oh, my body's betraying me because I, I feel this feels good to me. Not all the time, but there were points where it did, right? And, and specifically mm-hmm. speaking about the pleasure part that's connected with sexual abuse. And this, that's really what I want to highlight. So when there's this, when there's this part of my body's betraying me, the caregivers are, are being nice. They're not violating or they're violating you, but they're not like physically harming. And so there's confusion around the violation. Is there violation or not? This is another reason why I didn't say anything for so many years because it's really fucking confusing. And how would you have known if, how would you have known that this wasn't going on in every other family or how would you, Oh my God. Oh, how could that, you, how, who would you talk to? How would you know you, you were oh sort God. of trained to be quiet and not oh tell. God. You know, it's so interesting. I love this about you. You always say the things that are like, 
there are so present in me, but there was never like an outlet or I hadn't created an outlet yet. And the truth is, is that by the time I was like 11, I started looking to see if it was happening in other people's homes. Like when I would go visit, I was like hyper vigilant almost about, is this happening? And very suspect. And this I can tell was where I was starting to really form this idea about men. I was forming an idea about what men do. Anytime anybody was like sitting on their father's lap, there was something, I was always speculative, right? I remember one time I was, um, I, I lived in, in Oceanside, California at the time, and I had a, a great friend that, uh, an elementary school friend that lived in La Jolla sometimes with her father. When she'd go to, to visit her father in La Jolla, she mm -hmm. always wanted me to go visit. And uh, we had a situation, we, we had an incident where we were gonna go swimming and we were changing and he walked in and we were both in our bathing suits or we were changing into our bathing suits. And he's like, I see you, you know, like looking in this way, like, and, and kind of just poked his head out. Like, I see you. And I was standing in front of my girlfriend. So I don't know what her facial expression was, but I just remember like not even being shocked, not being shocked, not being surprised. It was like, it was almost like, ha, huh, I knew it. Like, and, and, or I don't know, I, I'm not sure exactly what that was, but there was like, there wasn't a shock in me and there wasn't a surprise. It was just like, okay, like something, some kind of, I was building up some kind of evidence and it wasn't necessarily helpful because no. again, this, this evidence was against men. This is who, this is how men are. This is what men do. Right. Not just, not just sexual abuse, but there was just something that I can't quite put my finger on or I couldn't put my finger on then, but it was like evidence. So yes, even though you, I did not know if it was going on in other people's homes, I was starting to look for it because I knew something wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to pause on that for a second. Cause that's, there's, there's so yeah. many nuances to sexual abuse and like, and these, and these different ways that um, patterned and ideas about, the world and people and how they start to form. But that was definitely a big piece of it. Um, what I'm, yeah. I guess I'm looking for the aha moment. Like, so you, so yeah. in 2009, I think you said like you had mm -hmm. an, what was that aha moment? It was a collapse really of, of my life. It was a mm -hmm. collapse of this like house of cards that I had built on on a foundation that had never been healed. It was full of cracks. And so even though my aha moment came as, um, it, it came because of, you know, really financial devastation, it was also the crash. So I lost millions of dollars in, in um, you know, in, in property, had a massive bankruptcy during the same time, you know, I, um, a, a divorce. So that was what the catalyst was. Mm. But what was underneath there is, is really what started to come out and and it was because of what was underneath there that was the basis for many of the decisions that i had made that got me to that point of collapse and devastation in the first place Does that make sense yeah sure yeah so sure. so from that is where i was really able to start seeking counseling like it was from there that you know, I remember um, going to see somebody at Impact this, and um, it's the first time I was introduced to meditation. And I said, I can't understand why this is, you know, affecting me so much when I'd gone through so much more in the past. 
And so going to impact was actually what was so helpful about starting to realize that it was my trauma that had helped to create so much of what was what was apparent in my, you know, in my adult life. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's really where that's really where the, the healing process kind of started was was that. And impact, what is impact? Impact is like a it's like a uh, family service or it's like a workshop. Yeah, good question. So impact is actually just like um, for for sexual trauma and also just for um, it's, it's like it's, it's uh, not psychological so much, but like behavioral health and it's just trauma counseling, those kinds of things. Great. And I'm so glad you went. I, me too. Like that was <laughs> that I am, too. For so many reasons, A, as I mentioned, that helped me to, to finally start meditation and <clears throat> mindfulness, but it also got me doing EMDR. And that's where I was starting to, you know, start to work with some parts of um, the sexual trauma that I'd never worked with before. (coughs) I still didn't understand exactly how that was connected to the financial loss and all of those things. But slowly, it all started to make sense. So yeah, so that was, that was my first kind of like, aha moment, like, Mm -hmm. okay, there's actually all of the stuff that was underneath that created this, this, this massive volcanic, you know, volcanic eruption. Yeah. Which I can see now is a breakthrough. And so that's, what's led me to where I am now because, you know, I had to have the courage to start like looking through those pieces. And the more that I was able to look through different memories and be able to look through, um, you know, just different, you know, feelings or beliefs even that I had about myself. That's when I was really able to see how, I, I mean, it, I mean, it obviously it makes sense, but just like how deeply the, the trauma had affected me. So I can go down that like a, a whole long time, but I want to make this really effective. So yes. what, out of, out of what I'm sharing, you know, what, what's even kind of coming up for you? So for me, it's a, I have t- a couple of questions. One is yeah. about the work you're doing right now with women and two about your attitude towards men. Like I happen to yeah. know that you're in a new relationship. I and am, so must, yeah. <laughs> so you must have <laughs> you must have you must have done the work that it takes. You know, some of it I've seen you do work, you know, like I've been yeah. a, the facilitator of some of that work. Yeah. But I I so there's like two ways to go here. One is like, what do women need who've been traumatized and how do you provide that? That's like one avenue. And then the other yeah. avenue is personally like, so how did you, how do you, how did you heal this stuff? How yeah. can you find in a new person in your life? That's really important mm-hmm. to you. So yeah. we went? let's, let's talk about the relationship, I think for a minute, and then we'll talk about the work that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in order to talk about the the relationship, um, certainly we could talk about the you know my path to even being able to heal myself enough to be able to be ready for a relationship, and um, and and what I'll say is that I've had I've had to learn how to be very gentle and kind to myself, and that's not something that has is is usually taught. So I had to learn that, and the and the only reason why that had to I learned that and I learned it quickly was because I was having so many um, anxiety and panic attacks. And, you know, trauma lives inside the body. 
And as soon as I had that eruption in 2009, those panic attacks and anxiety and those PTSD type of responses was so regular for me. And something that's always been true for me personally is that I never wanted to take any kind of medication um, to to address that. And, and there's nothing I'm, wrong I'm, if people choose to. But I'm ringing my bell for that because I feel yeah. like your work goes faster if you're not medicated. I, I agree because, you know, it's like at the same time, this is what's so crazy. The same time that I had that eruption, I also had an awakening because that's usually how the universe gets your attention. It's like, hey, hey, I need you to pay attention. So for me, I didn't want any medication. I needed meditation and I did mindfulness and I had to be kind with myself. That meant I had to eliminate certain people. I had to eliminate, you know, participating in certain things. I had to change everything. I had to change the direction of my, uh, you know, of my career and, and really doing like high pressure sales. A lot of things had to change in my life so that I could start calming my nervous system. Yes. So that was kind of the first thing. So yeah. then that, in, that included yoga on a regular basis, you know, like seven days a week. Like that's what I needed looking at myself every single day, facing myself in the mirror, building myself up and, and not even realizing how I was, I was contributing to um, this potency of self-love that I, that I needed deeply. So, so that was a regular practice. I did get into another relationship, which was such a blessing at that time. And, and as I mentioned that because I had, I I'd left, um, you know, the se 17 years old was the last time I had, I'd had um, a really sexually, I was, I was raped. Right. And I had, so that was 17 years old. I left from there and then moved in with my husband by the time I was like 1920. And, and, and although yes, we had sex, it was still very sexually repressed. So for all of those years, there was so much sexual repression. By the time I finally got into this new relationship, um, with with he was a younger man and he hadn't had any children and he just was just full of life and beauty and it was something i'd never experienced before and it was the first time that i was like oh my god we can enjoy and experience sex in this way that was so elevating i mean we would have sex and it was like i was in a rainforest like it was like yeah. dripping yeah. dew leaves and there's like lizards. I mean, it wasn't even like us anymore. It was, we were, I was transported to some other place that I had never experienced. And that was so beautiful. And, and so we had this practice of, of regularly making love and regular being together. Um, he was so kind and beautiful to me and was always, every Friday would bring me flowers, you know, roses and like just was so loving. So I finally got to start experiencing men in a different way. And yeah. that was a gift. That was a yeah. gift. And I was with him for seven years. Um, so it was beautiful. It led me to, it actually brought me to practicing Tantra and sacred sexuality. And he and I would practice together. I also went to Kundalini yoga teacher training. And um, so I added that to, you know, to my other training and, and, and so it was just something that he and I got to share and practice together. We got to meditate together. We practiced Tantra together, yoga together. And it was like, it was, it was blissful and it was blissful well, until it was time for the relationship to, to end. Yeah. Well, when you say you were in the rainforest and there were lizards and all this stuff, I was saying to myself, well, they were practicing Tantra, whether they know it or not. I always yeah. say to people, it's like the it, uh, sexual connection could be like, 
the thing people pay for when they want to take drugs. Like you could, you, the DMT yes. releases in your own body could give you visions and take you into the cosmos, et cetera. And it sounds like that's what you had in that relationship. It was so mind blowing and it was, and it was beautiful and kind and loving. And you had, um, it feels like you reclaimed like your true nature, which was kind of stolen from you. It was. And what yeah. was really, what was really wonderful to see was that, that that part that I still had space for that inside of me that I still wanted it. I know that I, when I work with a lot of clients, it's almost like they, they are resisting it so much because it, it's scary. And, and I'll tell you, he and I, um, we had moments where having an orgasm, this is the first time I realized that having an orgasm would sometimes throw me into a traumatic um, response. And that's because I orgasm during, you know, sexual abuse. And so it was <laughs> like, that would create something, but he would hold such a beautiful space for me to be able to like, sometimes I'd be like, get off of me, like, just get off of me. Or I'd get into like this angry, um, like I didn't know what to do with it. So I didn't, so, so where the healing kind of stopped and because I didn't have the tools was because I didn't know what to do with the anger that came up from right. sex. Okay. Right. So from the beauty of it's like one minute, it's so beautiful and blissful. And the next minute I'm like, get the fuck off me. Right. Like I'm disgusted. I'm turned off. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit more. And, yeah. uh, and, and so, so that relationship ended in 2017 and in 2018, I went to my first ISTA and <laughs> my mind was blown open. Like, I was like, what? Like humans exist like this. It was the first time that I could, could practice in a safe container. Um, this like exploring sexual pleasure in a way that was safe for me with my boundaries right now i had new language that i'd never heard before never right. had right and i also learned emotional release so that yes. tool so whoa because so you now got, you know you got yeah. the magic you actually got the magic and the beauty of tantra all put together and it's just so yeah i i can yes. get i yeah. can get it's such a powerful experience and it gives permission. There's a permission field that is so huge that there's room for it all. Your trauma, your beauty, your, your boundaries, your experimentation. And when things come up, all of a sudden you have things, you have tools to, to move the energy. That's it. Because yeah. if you don't know what to do with it, right, you can either get scared like I did. I was like, I'm done with this. Like, there, there's just a stopping point. Yeah. So the more tools you have, there's more freedom. Now it's like, now there's more choice to be able to say, oh, this is showing up again. Oh, I'm having a triggered response. I'm having an orgasm. Now I know now that like having orgasms, like this is the impetus of all creation. I right. want them. You know, I, I want this orgasm. I want to feel this flow. Yes. And, and so I, I, I had an opportunity between that, you know, between 2018 and now to really start um, learning how to use those, those tools, gain more tools by attending like level twos and continuing to do more work, continuing to do plant medicine, which has also been super big for me. Mm-hmm. And also using the tools of communication to express what I need being able to, um, yeah, just practice more. And so 
even though I would say I'm still, I'm still working on my healing. It's not like, it's not all of the sexual trauma hasn't been eradicated yet, but I'll tell you that about 90% of it has. And here's the beautiful part about it. This is what I'm so excited about. During 2018, up until now, I was, I, I took a lot of times where I was celibate and just worked on my own sexual pleasure, my own ecstasy. And when I did have partners, it was very, it was a very safe space for me to practice what I needed so I could heal. And, and so in being able to call this relationship in now, it's like, this is magical because I've done so much work. And this, and this man, my beautiful partner has done so much work. We met actually in 2017. So it's like, it's so interesting that we both have been on this path, but separate him working on his own, me working on my own. We still uh, were in contact, but we weren't lovers during this time. Right. And now for us to be able to come together, it's like we get to do the rest of our healing as partners with, um, with, an understanding of how to hold each other because we know how to hold ourselves, how to communicate, how to be able to express. Like, I, I can't even emphasize. Like, it almost feels like this fairy tale. And you know what? I'm like, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking accept the fairy tale. It's amazing. I believe in fairies, and I deserve this. <laughs> like, I deserve this. I have put so much work in. You know, I deserve it. I want it. You deserve it. it in. Yes. You know, I woke up one day um, not terribly long ago and I looked at Michael and I said, I feel like I have a Cinderella life. So I, I understand. I really understand when you when you come together with somebody who's willing to do the work, who's open to it, who's not just telling you it's your problem. You deal with it. When you meet someone who's who's meeting you halfway and then all the way like that's it. It's it's really, really different. We need to move to like, yeah, yeah, we need to. It's great. So Veronica, congratulations for, you know, number one and two, let's talk about the work that you're doing with women and how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because listen, anyone who hears this is going to be really moved and there's more people. There are more people that have been in the situation that you've been in. I mean, and maybe I have, and I just don't even know because I can't, I had one flashback. I've been like, you know, I spent most of my life being angry. Couldn't yeah. figure out why I had all the symptoms of somebody who'd been sexually abused mm. and never could pin it on mm. anyone or figure it out. I don't have the recall. Got chills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. if you and I had a similar experience, maybe I only had the experience a couple of times it didn't happen, you know, when I was 10 and 11 and whatever, but yeah. it, it happened enough to make me angry. Yeah. There's got to be a myriad. There's got to be probably more people than even statistics say have yes, had that experience. There is. So Absolutely. you do women's retreats. I do. Yeah. And, and, and just really quickly, I just want yeah. to acknowledge you yeah. what you've expressed and, and thank you for sharing that. Um, and I, and I know I work with a lot of women who have expressed something very similar. So I, I just want to just acknowledge you for that you. and, um, just, you know, continue to encourage, you know, I, I, I'm just in awe of working with you and I know the work that you're doing. So it's like, it's showing up, these memories show up when we're ready, when we have all the resources to be able to deal with them. So it's like, look, look at the perfection in that, you know, the perfection yeah. in all of it. So, yeah. One night I just had a flashback I, and I said to Michael, you know, 
I think I'm having a flash. I think I'm finally seeing what I've been trying to find out for my whole life. Yeah. So that's big. Yeah. 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 So, you know, along these lines, I work with women Mm -hmm. like one on one where I I work with them with the things that they that are coming up. And and it's and it's what and and so I'm in my advanced year of somatic experiencing. So a lot of the work that I do is very titrated, right? It's a very slow going at my my clients pace. So when I work with women, it's like we work with what's showing up there in the body, what's showing up in the sensation. So one-on-one work is is one of the ways that I help to support women so that they can really heal their trauma. Yes. Um, I also hold retreats. I have a body of work that I've created and it's called Body Temple. And Body Temple is being able to reclaim our sovereignty by being able to reclaim all of the pieces about ourselves, the shadow you know, the ways, the behaviors of the mind that have, that we've, we've developed as a result of these shadow, you know, ways and um, unmet needs. And, and it's really, um, it's all encompassing of, of spirituality, mentality, physicality, emotionality, sexuality, and, and it's gorgeous. So I do that. I, right now I have a virtual school offering. So we do practices together online, which is also beautiful and vulnerable. And then I have in-person um, retreats as well. So those are those are some of the work that I have done myself, but I'm also excited um, because I get to do some work with you as well with yeah. happiness and yeah, which is which is also I think Im- important if if women haven't already started doing some of their work and and want some like a safe environment with other people to start kind of exploring is a, such a beautiful foundation. To, to start getting into Tantra, sex, sacred sexuality, and also exploring who am I and why am I showing up the way that I am? So, yeah, I love those are those are all the pieces that yeah. I'm involved with. Um, and and just to kind of tie this up, people, you can find more information out about me, including sex and happiness and body temple and my one on one work um, by visiting my website at Veronica Lynn Clark dot com. So it's veronicalynclark.com. And I'm also on Instagram and I have a podcast called Liberate Your Orgasm. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep arriving. <laughs> that's, my, well, that's my new word for coming. Arriving. <laughs> orgasms in the world. I have arrived. I did get a chance to say that to my partner the other night. I was like, I am arriving. I'm arriving. <laughs> Let's that's all arrive great. together, right? That's Our great, Veronica. Said. So yeah. good. <laughs> All right, everybody. So listen, you can you can get in touch with Veronica through Veronica Lynn You can also find Veronica in in, in uh, I want to say collusion, but it's not negative in partnership with me. Yeah, I have a new team. Yeah, I have a new team and we're doing um, we're doing sex and happiness journey. And so uh, Veronica is one of the instructors in that. And, um, and we're having a blast. And you know what? Yeah. We're changing people's lives. We are, we are making a difference in the world, sometimes one by one, sometimes 40 by one, sometimes 60 or 100 by one. But we are making a difference in the world that, um, that stacked itself against people. 
And, and, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you this in this program that I'm in right now, I got to a place of forgiveness where I went back in time to forgive everything as if nothing wrong ever happened in the world. That's some big, that's some big ass forgiveness. And um, I just, you know, I was trying to describe it and saying, you know, people did things that were wrong and sometimes they did it innocently and they just, they couldn't help themselves, whatever. I like, I got this big place of forgiveness in my heart for all the violators, all the perpetrators, everyone. And, and our job is cut out for us now to help people heal from those things and also get to a place where their hearts can expand so they can be in love. So they can be, you have to, something has to be invoked in the heart so that you could have a new relationship and you can be in love with yourself and with a partner. So, um, so Veronica, I love you and I'm thrilled to be working with you and yeah. And I want to thank you for being a guest and being so, um, so upfront. So, um, what, what we talked about, a lot of people wouldn't talk about. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Blessings to everyone. One quick thing. If somebody realizes that they're falling apart and they're, or they realize all of a sudden they get this, aha, something might've happened to me. What's the first thing they should do? I, I think reach out to somebody who has the capacity to hold space for them as they can just share and express what's, what's moving through them. Because when they're feeling in that place, it's important to not just like go and take a, you know, go to authorities or go, you know, kind of depending on what's happening, like to really touch in with somebody who can hold some space for them so that they can come up with clarity. And then the second thing I just want to just share, I have a ton of resources on my website also in regards to sexual trauma, abuse, even sex trafficking. Like there's a lot of different resources that are out there. But find somebody that that can just be right there to hold your hand when you need somebody. Um, and then as you are guided to additional forms of help, that's going to be able to you know support you and where you are. So. so I think the message is, everybody, you are not alone. And you, thing, you can reach out to people. There are people like us yep. around to to catch you if you need it. Yes. Veronica, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you for listening and tuning in to Sex and Happiness. I'd love to, I'd love you to be back with me next time when I will have another amazing guest. And Veronica Clark, I love you. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. Bye. Thank you you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.